Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. <laughs> giving Kevin a weird face. Let's <laughs> that again. Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. <laughs> and it is November 4th. Which means it's Halloween. Because something weird has happened. Well, I mean, Riverdale... Like, Riverdale did this to us. Well, I mean, Riverdale came out. Like, this episode came out on... Halloween. Yeah, they weren't thinking of their fan casts, though. <laughs> However, we... They weren't thinking about how we're going to have to do weird content. Yes, our uh, our Halloween episode comes out uh, a couple days after Halloween. Uh, Halloween, I guess. But I'm still full of candy. Yep, yep, the candy still exists. I mean, this is the best time to buy the candy. I have... I got a whole bag of rockets. <laughs> I got a bag of chocolate bars, 150 mini chocolate bars for $9. I gotta think, like... Got so many rockets. Got a lot of rockets. I like rockets. I know people. Be- oh, I love rockets. Yeah, rockets is one of the candies that I find comes up in like worst candy. Yeah, lists. yeah. Like rock. I'm like, oh man, rockets are the best candy. Though, oh, sorry, Americans they're called Smarties. Yeah, but we know Smarties is their true nature, <laughs> which are not M and M's. Better M and M's. Better M and M's. Yeah, when when McDonald's changed from Smarties McFlurry to M&M McFlurries, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I know. Now you have to go to Dairy Queen. Yeah, and I didn't mean that with no hyperbole. (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst thing to ever happen to me. That's fair. (laughs) I've lived a blessed life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was very angry because I went to the grocery store to buy three things. Eggs, polenta, and mushrooms. And I made a horrible (laughs) mistake because I went to the grocery store on a Sunday. Yeah. At noon 30. All right. And I wandered around that grocery store for 45 minutes looking for polenta. <laughs> All right. Were those for one thing or for separate things? <laughs> for separate things. All right. They did not have it. Not mm-hmm. any. I looked up all of the places it could possibly be. Natural foods, pasta, flowers, like flour. Yeah. <laughs> Cereals. All right. Um, organic, vegan food, rice, Side dishes. Nowhere. Doing straight up with you, Aaron. I don't know what polenta is. And as you try to describe where you look for it, I feel like I now know less of what polenta is. <laughs> polenta is like grits. <laughs> okay. I do know what grits are for some reason. But <laughs> Well, normally you find it in the past aisle because it's used a lot in Italian cooking. <laughs> I just – yeah, and Italian is just pasta. Uh, I, I, yeah, no, you just start, – they start saying, like, rice and breakfast. And, and like, I'm like, I – vegan. I'm like, okay, I don't think I know what polenta is. <laughs> I thought it would be by oatmeal. I mean I... – Because they're both things you add water to and make in the microwave. I mean, you'll see that with peas, like frozen peas. Maybe I should have looked by the frozen peas. It, it anyway, be... they didn't have polenta. And they also didn't have mushrooms. So, did you get eggs? Yeah, and chocolate. Did you get eggs and chocolate? <laughs> and then I was too angry, so I left. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I've given up on situations where I'm like, mm, this is going to make me angrier. And I told mom, and she was like, why don't you stop at Sobeys on the way home? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Once again, too angry. <laughs> These foods are dead to me. I guess now I'm just eating eggs and chocolate. <laughs> the best combo. Yeah. <laughs> Good old breakfast, eggs and chocolate. So that's my Halloween story. How was your Halloween? Um, yeah, fine. That also happened to me today. Yeah. Not on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fine, I guess. Do you know who had some bad Halloweens, though? 
our, our, our friends in Riverdale. Those Riverdale kids, they all... They, they also had some, some... Well, some of them had bad Halloweens. Some of them had confusing Halloweens. Some of them had Halloweens where clearly the writers did not know how to put them into everyone else's storyline. But like, well, they gotta do something. So they just had a random event that happened to them. And some of them made us dislike some adults a lot more. Well, let's get into this because this is Riverdale. Season 4, episode 4, Halloween. Halloween. Now, it turns out that the last episode ended the day before the day before Halloween. <laughs> that, that has to be it, yes. Because the next oh no 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 this no, is no the no. next morning but I don't think we have the um that the thing that tells us I think there's been weeks now oh you're right yes so this picks up from though where the last episode ended I assume maybe the next morning and Riverdale has answered all of my questions I know where Betty lives <laughs> yes with her mom but also with her boyfriend yeah so I mean. Let's get into what it is, because we, we begin by learning what's on the VHS. And it starts out, and there's uh, there's Betty, and there's Jughead. Presumably, they've already watched it. Now they're showing it to Charles, and Alice, and FP, and is Jelly Bean there? No. Okay, good. They made a good choice and did not show it to a sort of child. Now, there's nothing, like, outwardly um, horrifying on it. Uh, but what it is, is something that I think is actually incredibly terrifying. And I am so glad they went this direction. It's just six hours of unedited footage of their house. Nothing noteworthy. <laughs> which, 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 for some reason, I'm like, yeah, Riverdale, that is hourly the most creepy thing that someone could do, is just six hours of your house. And the camera, there's no, there's no cuts, nothing happens. But it's not frozen. Cars drive by. Mm. But it's just six hours of the, <laughs> I guess the... The not, Cooper Jones I, I house. I to say the Jughead house. <laughs> Accurate. Jughead does make a specific point to say, why is it a VHS? It does sound like they're, like they're, they're asking the questions that the audience is going to ask just to get ahead of it. <laughs> It does sound that way. Like, why would they do this? Why is it on a VHS? Why so anachronistic? And then FB is like, probably because that's creepier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As they look directly at the camera. Although, to be fair, whoever is doing this is really banking on the fact that no one in Riverdale has gotten rid of their VHS players. Yeah, they, everybody in, in Riverdale is a VHS player because the 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 Jones... Coopers. Coopers. Smiths. Uh. Oh, <laughs> Uh, the Jones Cooper Smiths, uh, they are not the only-, the only ones. No, like everyone gets it. Archie gets it, and he's alone. <laughs> Where's his mom? Uh, Veronica gets it, though. Hers is just the outside of the the luxury apartment which, building she lives which in. Which I feel like should be distinctly less scary because that means they couldn't get inside. Yeah, if it was like her door, real creepy. That would be incredibly creepy. Um, the most important person who gets it. Pop Tate. Pop Tate gets it, and we, we, we don't help, see his video. We don't see his video, so I really hope his isn't of the diner. But he does get it at the diner. He does get so it I am at, concerned. <laughs> yes, true. It's not at his house. He gets it at the diner, which seems really <laughs> offensive because Veronica could have picked that up. Yeah, <laughs> certainly he has a home. Anyone else could have picked that up. Someone coming into the diner could have picked that up. 
<sighs> I mean, I guess it's creepy because then someone knew he was at the diner. And That's that. true. So they were double watching him. Yeah. I honestly don't know why they couldn't have shown this at the end of last... I think it, I think having this be the thing that the last episode ended with would have had such a creepier flair of, like, everyone just got six hours of their house being watched. I'd be like, oh, man, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next week versus what's on the tape? And then this episode could have started with the next scene, which is a pan across the screen. Splash! Well, <laughs> Splash. What? No, no pan, no pan, no tilt, no movement. It's a splash screen that yeah, fades I, I from black. Yeah, I forgot the word for what that was. And it says, the day before Halloween. And FP Oh, wait, gets... or does it say the Halloween the day before? Uh, I wrote day before Halloween, but that doesn't mean it said that. All right. Uh, so, so it is now the day before Halloween. FP gets a phone call. There's another tape. Mugs got, the mugs got one. Poor mugs. Yeah. Their life is hard. <laughs> Their life is very hard. Um, we find out that Phallus, FP and Alice, is yep. going strong. They are a couple. So that's nice. Yep. <laughs> and they're also cool with their kids being a couple. So that's nice, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's it's not creepy. It's a little weird, but it's not creepy. The Charles of it all is a little weird because he <laughs> is brother to both of them. Uh, is, is he brother to Jughead? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. He is yeah. his dad. Right, yeah. What a weird... It, this, this is one of those things where it's better not to talk about. Because once again, it's not creepy, because they're not related. Yeah, and their parents were not together and until they, right now. And they were dating before their parents were dating. Yeah. Like, really, it's creepier that the parents decide to get together, I guess. And TV shows do this a lot. <laughs> it's just it's just because they want to do romances, but they also can't have a huge amount of characters. So they're just stuck. And then they just sort of ignore it, I think. All right. Uh, so we also we... learn in this scene that Betty is oddly mad that Charles is still in town. She's like, I don't even understand why you're still here. And then <laughs> I can't remember who says either Alice or FB or someone's like, well, I mean, he is your brother. Maybe he just wants to be with. No, no. FP says, oh, he's helping me with the case. And I'm like. I mean, Betty, he doesn't have... He didn't know his family. Like, yeah. he found his family. <laughs> and remember when Charles really wanted to be a part of the family? Chick. Like, Chick. Yeah. Now, to be fair, she just has PTSD from Chick. <laughs> That's true. Which is fair. But she does have some, like, really... She she has some unfounded <laughs> wariness of Charles that everyone else is like, well, this is founded. And I don't think it is no betty's just a little damaged from every man she's ever known being a serial killer well there's one man that she knows is not a serial killer and hopefully he'll be coming by which is jughead he's coming home for halloween hooray they're gonna watch the movies and hand out candy yeah and uh alice insists that betty invite charles and betty does not wish to <laughs> all right so one thing you learn right now is that this uh this episode has Five storylines going on. And we're going to wildly whip between them. Yeah, I, I I wish we could spend some time just going through one at a time, but they... Uh, that would make Sometimes some weird... they build on each other kind of. and so thematically. Let's, so get ready for some weird whipping about. So let's right now whip to Thornhill. Where I cannot believe that Tony has not ab <laughs> broken up with her creepy mess of a... Tony is... Tony is Tony's asking Cheryl to get rid of Jason like someone would ask someone to take out the trash. Like, Cheryl, you gotta get rid of Jason. And to show how the show is trying to normalize Cheryl's insanity. 
Cheryl and Tony are carving pumpkins, and Jason's corpse is just hanging out with them. I do imagine what happened here. Cheryl's like, Tony, I know you're angry. How about we carve some pumpkins? That'll be a fun thing. And Tony's like, okay, that seems normal. That seems fine. And then she walked into this tiny pseudo kitchen, and it's just Jason sitting there and two pumpkins. And she's like, oh, no. Also, this means she's known for weeks. Like, while everyone in town was busy getting those videotapes. And they also got one. She's known about this corpse in the house. And once again, that's what I mean. She's just treating it like it's a... She she is not reacting in the way a human being would react. You know what would be nice? If Tony got scenes with people who weren't Cheryl. <laughs> that would be that'd be great. I'd like to see if Tony is still alive. <laughs> is she also a ghost? Is she, did, is she also dead and Cheryl is just... <laughs> Hanging out with a bunch of corpses? We don't see... I, we barely see Cheryl with other people. Tony and Cheryl just have their own thing going on. And, uh... It may seem romantic, but it's not. It's not. Tony, these are huge red flags. This is abusive and bad. But she convinces Cheryl to get rid of Jason, mostly just through, I guess, nagging her. She's just been asking her every day for the past several weeks. Cheryl's like, fine, I guess we'll take him to the Thornhill. Great, not Thornhill. No, they're at Briar. Thornhill was their old place. This one is... I think Briar something. Thistle House. No, this is you're right. Thistle House, Thornhill Thistle House. Yes, they are equal in size, and I don't understand why there's two of them. Why they, this this family had two mansions, and Cheryl goes to public school, and we know there's a private school. <laughs> we know there's a private school. However, we also know that Penelope hates Cheryl. So maybe. maybe it would have been better if Cheryl went to public school and Jason went to the private school. Nothing <laughs> makes sense, and the show makes less sense the further we get into it. Oh, man, can you imagine the show on a rewatch? Okay, so she agrees to get rid of Jason. Let's head over to Stone Hill. Where, uh... Um... Thornhill Thistle Sprig. <laughs> Thistle Sprig. Thistle Sprig is something different. Uh, let's um, head over to Stone Hill. And that's Stone, Stone Hill. Stone Wall? Stone Hill? Stone Wall. Oh, come on! <laughs> I wrote it down. Stonewall. 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 At Stone, no, we're only 14 minutes into the podcast. All right, so at Stone, at Stonewall, Jughead finds in the room that he shares with Moose and maybe Brett. I still think he's a roommate, but hard to say. Because we never see him in the room. Except for the one time when he's like, oh, Forsyth. Mm. No, but that's just him appearing at the door. Uh, so he finds an army thing because apparently Moose is deciding maybe it's time to just move on again. And I was like, children can't be in the army. He's but then Moose reveals he's 18. This makes sense. They're seniors. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't need high school. He's tired of being called Gargoyle Boy. <laughs> and at no point, no one thought to point out that his dad was not actually the Gargoyle King. No, his dad dressed up as... The, don't get wrong. His dad is still trash. But his dad dressed up as the Gargoyle King to scare him. That'll be like if, if like, someone's dad dressed up as Papa Smurf to scare him, and everyone called him Smurf Boy. It's like... It is akin to that. Well, I would, no, no, it's not akin to that. It'll be it'll be akin to that if Papa Smurf also murdered a bunch of people, which this, would not be crazy in Riverdale. No, this town is oddly blasé. Roberto, <laughs> make Papa Smurf a villain. Hashtag make it. Papa Smurf a villain. We're starting this. It's a campaign. Make Papa Smurf a villain. Should he be a serial killer. I kind of want to be a cult. Another cult. Or is he a hero? No, in villain. disguise. No. <laughs> Oh, he's doing he's doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Yeah. No, he's trying to he, he's trying to wipe Riverdale from existence because that would just be better. 
Yes. All right. Make, pu- make Puppa Smurf a villain. <laughs> Which is what the Black Hood tried to do, but really he just wanted to scare his daughter. Make Puppa Smurf the Black Hood? Ooh. Oh, oh I mean, that is Puppa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. This extended universe is getting extended. Oh, God. Speaking of, I guess, the Black Hood and the Gargoyle King. <laughs> this town is oddly blasé about serial killers now. Okay, so it starts, Betty goes in the corner and sees the Black Hood and the Gargoyle coming at her. And then it re- then I'm like, I'm, clearly these are Halloween costumes. And I'm like, what did Mr. Honey? And then, of course, Mr. Honey comes like, no! <laughs> no costumes! But of course, because Mr. Honey has to be cartoonishly evil and not just rational he has to be like no costumes at all not hey don't do the costumes that killed a whole bunch of students last year it's literally been like Like, four months like four (laughs) months as he murdered a lot of these people's friends Um, so this is in bad taste but i understand the teen these things because teens are jerks and teens are edgy yeah like of course these two kids like oh you know what we should do we should be the black hood and the gargoyle king oh yeah i can get some sticks and stuff like oh yeah i get a hood yeah they'll really freak people out yeah yeah people will talk about us for years yeah what a prank (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's all these (laughs) do you want to do some whippets (laughs) (laughs) let's do the whippets and then make our costumes it'll make them better do a bunch of whippets and make serial killer costumes. Oh, I love you, Brad. I love you, Greg. Teenagers suck. <sighs> okay, so those apparently, and, and then we hear Betty say it, and apparently there's a lot of people who decided that this is their costume of the year. And Betty's upset. Rationally so. But we don't have time to dwell on that because Reggie comes in and he is friends with our heroes this week. <laughs> hey, guys. Who wants to go and TP Mr. Honey's office tonight? Because someone remembered that Reggie's deal is doing pranks. Finally. <laughs> and they do talk about it like that's all. Like, later it is mentioned as if that is the thing he always does. And it's not. No. Not in the series that we've watched so far. But, uh... Hey, but hey, uh, he wants to be interested. The only one who's interested is Kevin. Because Kevin needs some fun in his life. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I gotta do something, man. I got one kidney. I'm not gonna live t- <laughs> till 80. <sighs> uh, this is interrupted by Mad Dog Monroe. Yeah. By Monroe coming running in. And he goes, Archie, oh no! Dodger <laughs> and his buddies are going wilding! <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he was angry that he got beaten up. I mean... Yes, sure, that is what happens. So he decides to just he's just going to cause a whole lot of mayhem. And Archie's like, oh no, that's very bad. How do we protect the children? And then Veronica is like, well, you, what you should do is take all the kids that they're looking for and want to beat up and put them in one easy-to-find location. That's not very secure. You know, like your gym. Like a Halloween party. And you should put posters for it everywhere so everyone knows where they are. And I will get professional costumes professionally made for you. Only you, though. <laughs> Everyone else on their own. Once again, Veronica definitely had this idea already, and is just like shoehorning it into the situation. It's the same thing with the um, with the uh, what do you call it? The the car wash, where she definitely had that idea for at least four weeks, and she's like, "Just gotta wait for someone to mention money, someone to mention money, and I'll I can do this, I can get it done. It's gonna be so great." <laughs> Just the, the briefest mention. Yeah, she she lives most of her life, I feel like, five feet behind her. <laughs> then head back to Stonewall, Aaron. Oh, yes. All right. So uh, in this literary class, which only has 
five. The, the Power Rangers, the literary yeah. Power Rangers. The literary Power Rangers were asked to bring in their favorite horror story. And Jughead brought in like five. <laughs> he bought in the entire works of H.P. Lovecraft, which I feel like is cheating. He's that person when people are like, oh, what would you bring to a desert island? And he's like, I will bring the complete works of William Shakespeare, and that only counts as one of my items because technically, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, well, he's he's the one who's like, all right, everyone, we're going to do this. I'm going to bring our favorite book. I brought a collection of short stories by Margaret Atwood. <sighs> sure, sure, we'll do that. <laughs> so Brent makes fun of Jughead, saying that H.P. Lovecraft is not scary. And then Jughead makes fun of Brent for bringing the Raven, but he actually brought a different. <laughs> Poe story. Po story, which is the count, the Count of Monte Cristo. Definitely not a Poe story. No, it's it's. He brought the Edgar Allan Poe story about the man who gets walled up. Yeah, alive. But he calls it the Count of Monte Cristo. That is not what the Count of Monte Cristo is about. Didn't, but doesn't he say the phrase Count of Monte Cristo? I am sure he said the Count of something. Because <laughs> I'm like, because that's what in my head I'm hearing is Count of Monte Cristo, and I know that's not. <laughs> That's not a Poe story. And also not what it's about. And also not what it's about. Isn't that one about vengeance? Yes, it's about a man who goes to jail, and then he tries to kill everyone who made him jail. Yeah. Clemency! It it almost is like he's kind of describing the Telltale Heart, but he does say the Count of blank. But you know what? Maybe there's a Poe story we don't know. Yeah, we can't dwell on this. I don't know every Poe story. I know the Raven, the Telltale Heart. I'm not big on Poe. I'm more big on H.P. Lovecraft. So uh, they mock each other, and then Brent reveals that Jughead should like stories about be- people being walled up because of the Stonewall 4. <laughs> no further information. Well. <laughs> From him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So immediately after literary class, Jughead storms up to his teacher and is like, well, what is this nonsense that happened in class? <laughs> and uh, teacher Sam Whitwer, whose name I now can't remember. Nope, it's gone forever. Nope. Mr. Chippings? Chippendales. No. Papa Smurf is a villain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Jughead goes up to Sam Whitwer and is like, who's this, who's this still well for? And Sam Whitwer, man, the amount of backflips in this to make this sentence be both creepy but also seem very reasonable is insane because he's like well it's this like story about these four people who went missing and Jughead's like four people went missing he's like yeah over 30 years and they just dropped out of school (laughs) so like not mysterious at all don't get me wrong that is how urban legends start but this is (laughs) but it'd be saying four people even if four people did go missing over 30 years that's not that many or (laughs) if four people went missing slash dropped out in one year that's also reasonable. But apparently four people, only four people have ever dropped out of the school in 30 years, apparently. That means one of them has to be Jughead's grandfather. grandfather That's right. Who did not go missing because he had a son eventually. <laughs> but then, then he went missing. Then he went missing. Then he was on the Stonewall 4. But Sedge Samuel was like, that's not, it's not a, it's not a thing. Jughead, I have other classes, maybe. <laughs> Jughead, I'm sorry the kids in our literary class are jerks i'm sorry the power rangers are jerks to you i don't know why they're being like this anyway papa smurf is a villain <laughs> goodbye <laughs> oh, man let's head up to thistle's house and thorn at, sprig and at thorn sprig we see cheryl and tony coming in from happily burying jason <laughs> well tony's happy 
Cheryl is displeased, but then is pleased. Because there's a doll that has appeared, a, a creepy sailor doll that has appeared on the couch. And, and Cheryl's like, oh, well, that must be the ghost of Jason. He's angry because of what you made me do. Oh, he's so angry, Tony. Now, I'm a little shocked that Tony never made the argument that Jason wanted to go to his final rest. Like, shouldn't <laughs> we let him rest in peace? Shouldn't we let him move on? Yeah, Tony is real bad at, like, coming with arguments. She also is real bad at being a human being. And reacting the way literally... Like, are they poisoning her? I don't know. They're, they're definitely gaslighting her. Accurate. They're turning her into a blossom. She has be, she has become undeniably less smart as the series has gone, has gone on. This is true, and she has no friends left. I do want to, at this point, remind everybody that technically, according to Roberto, Riverdale is canonical with Sabrina. Magic does exist... Just elsewhere. Not in Riverdale. Or maybe, maybe ghosts. But first, Jughead goes to do some research. He is reading back <laughs> issues of the Stonewall Sentinel, the he, newspaper of the school. And he can't find any evidence of the Stonewall 4, which, because he's a paranoid maniac, <laughs> he, he's like, this must mean there's something bigger going on. Not that four kids dropping out in 30 years is not news. <laughs> Anyway, he's interrupted by Donna, and at some point in that scene, which I did not notice... She gave him coffee. It was yep. very early on. It was the first thing she did. That makes sense. He, well, he drank it, and then... It's poison. Yep, he falls down. And then the rest of the Power Rangers appear. They are bad Power Rangers. I don't like how they're all in on this nonsense. I don't get how they're... I thought they all hated Brett. <laughs> but apparently now they hate Jughead more? Maybe they were unimpressed with his HP Lovecraft. I mean, all I can imagine is like, like that they are like, oh, this is a hazing thing that we do, and they're so into Stonewall. They're like, oh, we got. Do they we have, have to do it? Yeah, have they all had this happen to them? I would not be surprised, honestly. <laughs> Except for Brett. I bet Brett has not had this happen to him. He's too tall and blonde, and well, he never drinks something that anyone hands to him. That's he true. prepares all his own beverages from a flask, like Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> I've. <laughs> I've, yeah, it's a polyjuice potion that he's drinking to be Brett. Because really... He's Jughead's grandfather! Papa Smurf, Smurf is a villain. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how you went in a different direction, then realized where I was going. Good teamwork from the siblings. <laughs> oh, it's Halloween now. Archie and Monroe have their costumes. Yeah. They are off-brand superheroes. Well, Archie is the on-brand version of Pure Heart the Powerful, his actual superhero identity in the comics. And Mad Dog is... The Shield, which uh, his costume, I think, is an actual superhero costume. But he kind of looks like Captain America. Yeah, I think the, the Shield is... There is a superhero called The Shield. There's a superhero The Guardian. There's so many superheroes. Anyway, they're going to head off to the Their party. party. But Veronica will be there soon. She just has to continue working in the place that she owns. And then she'll Uber over. Yeah, I'm, I I keep forgetting that Veronica, despite her owning both that and the secret speakeasy, also... Waitresses. Waitresses there. Which, I guess is a good way to save money, but she also has so much money. You know, maybe Veronica is just slowly becoming responsible. That's that's good. She just needs something to fill her time. Or maybe this is a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But first, Jellybean is carving a pumpkin. She's really left this into the last minute. 
she's dressed as Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. And she wants to know why Betty's not wearing a costume. Betty, this be honest, Betty chose the lamest costume. Betty is dressed as Laurie Stroud from <sighs> Halloween. From Halloween, which it means she's wearing a blouse and pants. Well, Jellybean is not amused by this costume. She abandons the cu- pumpkin she was carving without putting it outside. <laughs> so she can play Minecraft. Not the knockoff version of Minecraft. Well, Veronica also took a real Uber this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not like Uber. Mm. Ooh, Uber's a bad one. Uber's a bad one. I said Uber. Uber's also bad. I know, Uber sounds a lot more fun. It sounds like a Wookiee. Didn't we do a... Didn't... Did we make one up? I thought we made up a fake driving one in one of our episodes. Can someone remind us? I don't know. It would have been, it would have been a joke on Uber or Lyft. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember what it was. Anyway, so she's off to play Minecraft. And Betty gets a doorbell ring from trick-or-treaters. And they are also dressed as serial killers because <laughs> some kids have terrible parents. <laughs> These are full-on kids. These are children, which means... They're like eight. <laughs> yeah. Which means her parents are somewhere behind them who is like, yes, you don't know those serial killers who terrorized our town and killed a whole bunch of people? You should dress as them. You should dress as them. And also, you're trick-or-treating at the house where we know one of them lived. Yeah. Both of them. We know both of them lived there. Yeah, this ba- these parents are just pranking them at this point. <laughs> and that's mean. That's really mean. I'm not mad at the kids. I'm at the parents. The kids don't know. All right, well, we'll do a check into Jughead storyline, which we will be returning to sporadically with very quick descriptions because Jughead wakes up. And he's in a coffin. Jughead has been buried alive. Conveniently, he has a lighter because though he doesn't smoke, (laughs) he always carries it around with him. All right, and that's it. We'll be checking in with Jughead periodically, I suppose. But let's go back to Betty. So Betty's home phone rings. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. And uh, she gets a heavy breathing phone call. Creepy. Then it rings again. And this time, she's in Scream. <laughs> yes, the person the, the person on the other end is voice modulated uh, and says, oh, you know who this is. And I'm like, oh, does she? There's so many people it could actually be. It could even be Mr. Honey. It could even be those kids from earlier. <laughs> well, she, it could even be the person who's leaving leaving the VHSs. It could be the Gargoyle King. It could, there's so many people that Betty has interacted with that could be <laughs> calling her creepily that this person really is making the assumption that she'll go for Black Hood, which she does. Accurate. All right, off to Veronica's storyline. Where uh, Veronica doesn't follow the number one rule of employment. But I'm going to tell you now, because I know we have teen listeners. When you are working at your workplace and you are alone, you need to lock the door. Yeah, for a while I thought that like, oh, the chef has to be there as well because Veronica is in the chef. We learned later that no, she also is is cooking this person who comes in's food. So Veronica's busy doing like wine down end of the night tasks. She's yeah. marrying the salt and pepper and Yeah, yeah. She's doing, doing that stuff. stuff. She did not lock the door, which means a guy just said she just comes in and is like, hey, I'm a trucker, and... I'm real hungry. I've been driving for 18 hours. And you think maybe, please, just get some food. I want to get home to my family tonight. I'm like, okay, so this is eventually going to go somewhere, I guess. So, also, serial killer, probably? Something. I I thought he was going to be related to her dad in some way. I thought this mm. was going to be... This is sort of a spoiler to the storyline. I thought this was going to be in any way related to anything else going on in this town. But this is Veronica. This is just this is just so never. Veronica has her own unrelated adventure that has nothing to do with even other people's motivations, which we'll get to. Nope. But uh she feels bad for this poor trucker. So she's gonna 
you know, get him some food and all those you things. You think after the shots happened, like after Luke Perry Andrews was shot, they would have like policies and procedures around locking the door. I bet they do. I bet Veronica just didn't do it because she thinks she's invincible. And she <sighs> is because it's Riverdale. All right, Archie. It's having his party. Yeah, and is the party the party swinging? Although it's full of weird melancholy music. <laughs> the sound designer made a weird choice. Yeah, they they did not get. I think they got it from Betty. Because <laughs> there's no way those kids are want that music. Yeah, are, are grooving to that slow creep music. They want some new Jonas Brothers jams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, he does. Uh, we he meets a kid, or he no sees a kid that we will learn is Eddie. And Eddie has a knife. And one of the rules of Archie's community center is no weapons. Good rule, Archie. <laughs> Good rule. Now, fortunately, someone did not get that news because Dodger comes in. <sighs> and, of course, <laughs> there was like, hey, Dodger came here. I'm like, yeah, of course he did. You brought all the <laughs> – he, he knows where it is. And Archie says this is a private event, and he says there's posters everywhere. And then Archie should have been like, it's an event for children. Stop being a pedophile. You're clearly a full-grown adult. You're like 30. <laughs> get out of here. What? Leave. So then he shows Archie his gun, which is down his pants. No way that happens later. It doesn't matter. He's just vaguely threatening. He's vaguely threatening. He does have a gun, as we learn later, which he did not have in the scene where Archie <laughs> beat him with a baseball bat. So maybe he's just like, okay, I should carry a gun now. I've been beat up by a child. i got to protect myself. It's dangerous out there. Papa Smurf is a villain. <laughs> if, I, if, this kid, if I don't get this kid out there to sell drugs, Papa Smurf is going to beat me. And Monroe gets in his face, and he's like, no, sir, I am a grown man. You were beaten up by a boy. Imagine how beaten up you'll be by me, a full-grown man who's taller than you. I would, I would, I would very much like it. <laughs> he's like, I was always beaten up by a boy. Clearly beaten up by a man. There's no way a boy looks like that. It was clearly a man. <laughs> that, now, that man might have been very boy like four years ago. But now. <laughs> but now, one and a half years later. <laughs> he's become a man. Become a man. So uh, he acquiesces to leave, but it's not over now, yet. It's not over now. (laughs) You know, Papa Smurf may be a villain, but I am clearly not. (laughs) I know, I I love the concept of a villain who keeps messing up villainous phrases, like, ah, it's not over now. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I'm going. All right, let's head up to... Uh, the Tony and Shale storyline, who may be in a different dimension at this point. Though they did dress in Halloween costumes. <laughs> Though I do not know if they had plans to go anywhere, or if, they were, <laughs> or if this was just them role-playing for sex. Because Tony is Harley Quinn, and Cheryl is Poison Ivy, which is a great reference to the fact that they are dating. And now they are going for that sexing, but unfortunately they are interrupted by babies crying. They still have the twins. Alice is back. Why are these teenagers taking care of babies? I understand that Polly is getting deprogrammed, but like... But Polly's mom is back. (laughs) You're very distantly related to to them. Like, just... But she's their aunt. Yeah, but there's actually there's like, actually adults, there's adults, functional, capable adults who can look after these babies. Not two, not two teens and an invalid. Because this is supposed to be Nana Rose's night to look after the babies, <laughs> so they go there. Babies are fine. Nana Rose is like, yeah, they're not crying. No, I heard your brother crying in the chapel. So they go to the chapel, and the doll is there. <laughs> So, 
Cheryl says, oh, well, we should clearly do. Because once again, she smiles this entire thing. It's very clearly she's messing with Tony. Because she always goes like, yay. <laughs> oh, no. It's so terrifying. Oh, <laughs> this doll is here. What a bad day. Oh, how terrible. I think clearly we should have a seance to contact Jason. Aaron, you watched the entire season of Sabrina. Is there a seance in Sabrina? I mean, they can talk to ghosts and stuff. Cool. She talks to her dead mom at one point. All right. Canonical Sabrina. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. This week, what made you happy? What made me happy this week? Well, um, on Friday, I was driving home. No, I was driving to bar class, and I got a phone call from Edmonton. And I was like, I don't know anyone in Edmonton. Is that an answer? The entire city of Edmonton's calling me? But I got a voicemail, and it turns out that I, during the summer, I bought a ticket to the Theater Alberta raffle. Yeah. Because a, uh, an acquaintance of mine always has to sell tickets, and it's very challenging for him. Yeah. So I always buy one. It's $10. I won one of the raffle prizes. Oh, awesome. I won two tickets to a Flames versus Oilers game at the Saddle Dome here in Calgary. Awesome. In the lower bowl. Yeah. So I will take our father, because he this likes, is the thing he loves the most. He loves so much. And I also won a one-night stay in a fancy hotel downtown. And maybe you could actually do that one instead of giving it to our brother and sister-in-law. Yes, I will do that <laughs> you'll one. Actually, you'll actually take advantage of the fancy night stay. I will do it to celebrate the end of one of my courses at work. There you go. Or just because you won a prize. Because I won a prize and I am taking advantage of it. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds great. Uh, Kevin, what made you happy this week? Well, uh, la- yesterday, uh, last night, the entirety of yesterday was uh, Extra Life, which for people don't know is a 24-hour charity uh, event where people play games. It's very, like, you know, yeah. playing games and raising stuff for, uh, uh, for you know, Children's Hospital. Children's Miracle Network, I believe, is the yes, charity. Yes, I believe so. Uh, so, last night, we played uh, Dungeons & Dragons for charity. And that was, and we we streamed it. They they smashed their uh, their fundraising goal. Oh, that's awesome. awesome! And I th- believe they're still open for uh, donations for a while. So if if anyone out there wants to uh, support the cause, you can go to uh, you know Extra Life. Um, I believe the one though. If honestly, I don't care who you donate yeah. it through. Um, this one that specifically we're donating through is uh, I believe Kobayashi Eleven. I believe is the name that might be. You wrong. know what? I did a tweet about you guys doing it. Yeah. So if you go to our Twitter, it'll be one of our most recent tweets, and you'll be able to follow over to Kobarashi. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, I don't care who you do it through. Yeah. But if, if you're going, but it's a, it's a great thing. You know, donate. So we play, so yeah, we played some Dungeons and Dragons, and that was fun. And I oh, yeah, watched. You, you also came and watched for a while. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great thing. It's twenty four hours at a brewery. It's Caravel Brewery, and yeah, games you should know does it. It's a. It's a great thing. This is twice the second time we've done it, and it's it's a lot of fun. It was fun. So, in a shocking turn of events, uh, Reggie and Kevin's toilet <laughs> TPing of the office is insane. It's not just TPing. They like smash and. And there's, like, shaving cream places. Do they write Jughead on the wall? <laughs> I don't think they write Jughead. They do write on the wall, though. I thought it said Jughead, but I was like, I can't read this. And Kevin's like, oh, you sure Mr. Honey isn't here? And, and <laughs> Reggie goes, no, you saw the parking lot. And I guess Mr. Honey didn't park in the parking lot. He, however, did definitely stake out his office. And uh, he catches those kids, and then he separates them. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, what's going to happen here? Mm. Back at, I guess, 
the Cooper Smith Joneses. A delightful thing happens. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> but he gets another creepy phone call. Yeah. And then there's a crash and they well, scream well, the, upstairs. So should we mention something with the phone says, have you checked on the children? And for some reason, Bane does not reply with, Jellybean is 15. Like, like 15. So no. what? <laughs> She's playing Minecraft, dude. She's got to be 13 or 14. Anyway, so she has a crash from upstairs. She runs up there. She throws open the door. And there's jelly bean on the ground. Her throat is slit. And there's blood everywhere. Oh, no. It's a prank. It's a prank. Jellybean pranked her. And really, it's a bad prank for Betty, who has seen many corpses of recently deceased people in her life. Yeah, maybe should do that prank for someone else. <laughs> Jellybean, this is not an unreasonable thing for Betty to... <laughs> to believe to has believe happened. has happened in her life. She knows minimum... Two serial killers. True. Mm-hmm. Three, technically. Chick, her dad, Penelope. Oh, I guess, yeah, they sort of work together. So. Yeah. All right. Um, and the phone rings again. And this time, the creepy voice tells her the call is coming from inside the house because he's doing <laughs> literally every horror movie. Yeah, he's just, they, his, the things he's saying aren't in relation to anything Betty says. They're all, they're essentially just reading off of a, of script. a script, which I yeah. think that's what they're doing. They're enacting it. Uh, and then, then there's a knock at the door. <laughs> Betty goes to open it, and she's scared. She unlocks it. She has a weapon of some sort. I think she has a fire poker. It's Charles. Yeah, he arrived with pizza. He says, well, it's going to bring you some pizza, but now you have a weapon. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about what's going <laughs> what you, on. Are you going to hit some children? <laughs> but first, Jughead is still in the coffin. Veronica, uh talks with uh, yeah, Jughead's in the coffin Veronica talks with the customer that's their storylines yep uh, so back to Betty Betty tells Charles what's going on and Charles is like hmm it's a good thing you told me this because I can actually help you I just happen to have a machine that I can use to trace the call on my trunk which sounds convenient but I mean he's an FBI agent it's fine so maybe <laughs> maybe convenience <sighs> alright back to the school once again five storylines now Mr. Honey yeah is um the worst educator we have ever seen and we've seen a lot of bad educators between these two tv shows yeah so he's like oh kevin i i'm having a lot of having a hard time here you want to go to nyu you must feel pretty alone after all the bad things that happened to you reggie exploited your sadness also, you're never going to get into NYU because we, for some reason, allowed a young boy with no adult supervision to direct two musicals, <laughs> the and people, they went poorly. The un- well, unrelated murders. Yeah. They just happened to happen at the musicals. The, is that what happened to Heather's? I know Carrie was where Midge died. I didn't... I'm pretty sure the full murder was prom. The full murders were prom. Yeah, I thought Heather's was just they all came on stage and they all joined the final number. Yeah, Heather's was, wasn't a mess. Yeah, I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah, Heather's wasn't a mess. What? What is? What is he talking about? Nothing bad happened in Heather's. It just wasn't a very good play, I guess. Which is why the director should be the <laughs> drama the, teacher. I the concept that Mister Honey is like, well, you know, when Carrie Midge died in Heather's, that was a bad play. <laughs> Which maybe is even worse. And he says, and then this. I mean, that you're never going to get into that school. And then, and then Jughead's like, oh no, you you can't. Please, Tell NYU please. that I did a please. prank, and then and then he's like, "Well, that's all I wanted to hear." It's it's so crazy. Do you feel like in this? It's almost like if if he was playing this in a different way, this could also be a very like 
sexual scene. <laughs> Maybe sexual. Um, I was more of going to go like, I, yes, if you play, you could also play it as a sexual scene, but you could also play it as like a like inspiring teacher scene where it's like, oh, here's all these things, but I, and he just wanted he just wanted Kevin to like stand up or something <laughs> like. Maybe it's maybe it's more with the Reggie scene. Well, we will get there. Yeah. But first, Archie doesn't understand what selling drugs is and repeatedly <laughs> asks Eddie what he's gotten himself into. Eddie, what's, what's Dodger making you do? Is he making you be a serial killer? Is he making you play G&G? Eddie, Eddie, you gotta tell me. You doing, I've dealt with both of those things. You doing jingle jangle? Have you been in juvie? <laughs> Eddie, is Dodger making you, making you sell jingle jangle? What do you mean? I'm selling heroin. What's <laughs> jingle jangle? Well, that's that's what Jingle Jingle is. Jingle, it's just in fun packaging. Jingle Jingle is heroin. I want Bop Rocks. He's making sell Bop Rocks. What? No, cocaine. Yes, that's what Pop Rocks is. What, what are you, what are you fun, doing this town? Fun packaging, Eddie. <laughs> drugs for kids, Eddie. Drugs for kids. Are you selling drugs for kids or drugs for adults? Are you a kid selling drugs for adults? Are you a, a kid selling drugs for? Are you a, a, a kid working for an adult selling drugs for kids or a kid working for an adult selling drugs for adults? And tell me, Eddie, is Papa Smurf a villain? <laughs> tell me about Papa Smurf. Where's Papa Smurf, Eddie? Just shaking him. But he, he doesn't get to go into this line of questioning because Monroe comes running in. Some kids wanted to leave. So in a, a very smart turn of events, Monroe decided to go see if the pathway was safe. He was, on, he was walking them out because Monroe actually is probably the most responsible human being in this show. Actually, do you want, do you want, Archie actually asks very, acts very responsibly for 95% of this episode. True. Um, unfortunately, things were not okay outside. Because, uh... Dodger's in the parking lot with his... Drinking and having fires in <laughs> oil cans. <laughs> yep. And he has a gun, and he's like, well, you know, that is... That's a private property, but this is public property. And Archie's like, no, this is still my parking no, lot. No, I'm pretty sure parking lots of places are still private property. You could be just out there, in which case you're on the street, in which case the police can deal with you. But you know what, Dodger? I'm gonna do something responsible. I'm going to call the sheriff. I'm going to say this is this is 85% responsible because he calls FP's private number, not 911. Accurate. So, you know what? <sighs> Fair enough. He's like, hey, I do know the personal number of the sheriff. I'll call that because he was thinking. Maybe he was thinking he could, like, get ahead of the 911. It is Halloween night. Like, They're probably very busy. Yeah, and it's, and it's true. That's probably why he couldn't get FP immediately is because FP's, like, roaming around being like, oh, all these kids dressed up as a black hood and gargoyle king. This is just distasteful. Oh, Papa Smurf's up to something. I know it. Over at Thistle House, the seance happens, and it's a trashy seance where they use a Ouija board. Yep. Yeah, uh, Cheryl is once again unable to contain her happiness as she the fact that she's clearly moving the plinth. Uh, which Tony calls her out on, and Tony explains that this whole thing is really messed up. But then, well, because it says, what's your name? And it moves to Jay. And Cheryl's like, oh, but then Nana comes in. She's like, it's not Jason, it's Julian. No, you see, oh, your mother was pregnant with three children. But Julian, according to the midwife, mm. <laughs> would, I guess, know. Was uh, absorbed by Cheryl, specifically. Yeah. In utero. Now, I do want to say, nothing. obviously nothing against midwives, but there's no way this midwife, this was not a midwife from the 1850s, right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> Th this is not a human individual who is alive today no. and trained in the very well, very good training the midwives get. Yeah, no, this was, this was some, like, superstitious potential witch... 
who they summoned from the 1850s, and she was like, well, we'll, we'll just, we'll, you're, the reason that you thought you had three children, but you have two, is because this one absorbed the other one, and the devil now has his fingers on her soul. And I mean, this does sometimes happen where it starts out with three babies, yeah. and then there's only two, yeah. but... And, I, and once again, I'm just making this assumption based off what I know of the Blossoms, which is there's no way that this is happening in a hospital. And this is a reasonable <laughs> assumption, because the way that Penelope deals with this is by buying a creepy baby doll and raising it alongside Cheryl and Jason, <laughs> until Cheryl and Jason became larger than the doll. <laughs> He's like, well, this is, well, now this is just ridiculous. So the doll went to the attic. <laughs> and Tony goes... Well, this is just ridiculous. You're clearly trying to trick me, so we'll exhume Jason. All right, Cheryl, will that make you happy if we dig up the corpse and bury the doll? Will that make you happy? And Cheryl goes, I accept accept your idea. I'm like, Tony, Tony. run into the night. Take those babies and run away. Tony, a corpse is is distinctly worse than a doll. If someone gave me an option of, hey, you can have this doll, this creepy sailor doll in your house, or you can have the em- embalmed corpse of a human being, I would pick the doll. I would definitely I mean, the I doll. would burn the house down, but... <laughs> I would take those babies and run. Run to the Jones Cooper Smith house, because Jughead doesn't live there anymore. There's an extra room. All right, Mr. Honey has his talk with Reggie now. And uh, he tells Reggie that through his many pranks that we've seen on this TV show, he has made it impossible for people to take him seriously. Yeah, see, Reggie, are you doing these pranks because you are abused by your father? Yes. Reggie, do you, do you believe that th- that getting these pranks would get you any sort of attention so you treat it as good attention? Yes. Well, do you understand, Reggie, that these kids, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. No. Well, I mean... Yes, they are. Yeah. Reggie says no. Yeah, Reggie says no. The 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 thing... I mean, he, Reggie doesn't say anything at all. But this, why is this, Honey bullying a child? Well, this is what I mean. Like, everything he's saying in there is very succinct and very helpful. And, like, the, like the truth and a, things... A thing a therapist would and say. a thing a therapist would say. Except for he's saying it so aggressive. Like, this is what I mean. Like, the wording is, like, if... If he was coming at this from like Reggie, I need to reach you. You ha- here's the harsh truth you have to understand. You're doing this because you are because you are unfortunately abused, and you want you want any attention because any attention at all to you is good attention. But you have to understand the attention you're getting is not good attention. You're getting like the people are not taking you seriously, except for he's doing it like he's holding a knife through his throat and being like, "Do you understand me?" Also, I have seen no proof on the TV show that anyone thinks that Reggie is just a joke. They all seem to. Like their friend. Yeah, it's true. It's it's. They don't even <laughs> seem to think he's a jerk. This this is this is someone saying something to a guy if he was the character from the comics, which is not what our <laughs> handsome sweet boy, whose girlfriend dumped him immediately to date her ex. <laughs> well, who who definitely was like, yeah, we can we we can go out. Then Reggie was like, I don't want to go out. You clean need stuff to deal with. And she was like. Like, actually, let's maybe get back together. No, it's actually not. No, I I want you to assume we might be, but then it won't, actually. <laughs> Reggie. Poor Reggie. So Reggie has to clean up the office. Yeah. Make it shine. So uh, Charles and Betty have a little bit of a talk where Charles also thinks Betty is, has rights to be wary of him. And... Betty explains that most of the reason why she's mad at him is because he let Alice go undercover in the cult. And I'm sorry, Betty. When has Alice 
ever had anyone <laughs> let her do anything. <laughs> yeah, when has Alice ever, like... <laughs> listened to anyone? No, she clearly decided to do it of her own. Took it way too far. Don't get me wrong. And she is lucky that Charles was there to protect her. <laughs> yeah. But then also, Betty, you were the one who, like, opened her up to risk by revealing her to Ke- Kevin as, like, a cool play. Now, Charles does reveal, though, that he secretly also wants to be a part of a family. He's part of a family, which makes sense. But he, he, he knows it'll take a lot of work, and it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, like, he, like if, if I have to imagine what his life was, he was essentially put up for adoption. He grew was up... Was never adopted, I, I think she found I out? I think that's the implication, that he was never adopted. He immediately went into government work. Like, he... Like, he, he didn't... There's no way he joined directly the FBI. He probably was in the army. Mm-hmm. He, he, and then he went into the FBI. Like, that's a lot of supposing, obviously, but it's all... He's he's very alone. He doesn't really He's have, always traveling. Yeah, he doesn't really have a, a family. Those those people that he worked with ex- exist or don't exist, depending on the scene. It's hard to say. <laughs> they have no lines. Um, But then the phone rings. Yes. And it's the Black Hood. And Betty keeps him on the phone so that... Charles can trace the call by talking about Halloween's past. And I thought this was going to be a trick where she was going to say something that the person had could have no idea of. And she'd be like, well, now I know it's not this person because I said something fake and they didn't correct me. But no. She's but no, just... she's just lashing out. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate how the show did not do the thing where, like, I oh, gotta keep on the line for a minute, because you don't, actually. The yeah. tracing is very, very quick. She probably kept him on for a lot longer than she needed to. But Charles was too busy being shocked to stop her from talking. <laughs> yeah. Because it turns out the calls were coming from the Shady Grove Treatment Center. Which is where Polly is being treated. Ooh. And, and so they make the immediate assumption that Polly is pranking her. And so uh, Charles is like, well, I'll do some investigations. I'll figure out how she could have gotten to a phone. And Betty's like, no, I have a much more dramatic idea. So uh, she gets Charles to call the facility and ask to put Polly on the phone by pretending to be Edgar. Yeah, he says, my name is Edgar. Then Polly picks up and she's so excited. But Betty just tears <laughs> a strip off of her. They never told Polly that Edgar was dead. Nope. I mean, I guess if, if maybe the doctors were like, we're doing this treatment slowly. and Well, when she's ready to accept reality... Yeah, um, but instead, <laughs> Betty's like, no, Edgar's dead, and you're a terrible person. How dare you? <laughs> and, and, and Polly just goes, what? what? And then she hangs up. <laughs> and, and at this point, I'm just like, I don't think it was Polly. No? It really feels like you jumped the gun on assumptions here. Maybe you should have done a little bit more detecting. Maybe someone who has been watching you guys for so long and knows all this stuff also knows how to push your buttons by doing a call from the treatment center. Mm. Maybe they just got a hold of the phone. Maybe just went to the treatment center and said, hey, can I use your phone? And like... Seven times? I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, sorry, they didn't pick up. Can I call again? Or they just like were Or calling... they were using like a payphone. This this world definitely has payphones. Yes. And Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out over at Veronica's storyline that she cooked the burger <laughs> because she is alone in the building, which she tells... Which she confirms to him. <laughs> She confirms him that there is nobody else. There's nobody else here. I don't even have a car. I don't even have a cell phone. And then she goes to fetch him some pie, but conveniently... (laughs) A very specific news report. Breaking news. Someone has escaped from the Shady Grove Treatment Center. It is a serial killer, because there's lots of them, called The Family Man, who likes to force people to cook for him, and then he kills them. And also, he (laughs) killed a trucker and stole his truck. (laughs) And also, we saw him walking up to Pop Tate's diner. 
Also, he's a completely nondescript man. Also, he's sitting down there right now. Veronica, turn Veronica, around. Veronica, turn around. There's a man, the man behind you. clearly the killer. So uh, she runs to her secret speakeasy. Yep. He follows her. Yep. And, and she lights him on fire. He walks around, he walks around with a lighter held close to his face just so Betty could dump a bunch of alcohol. She runs down there, pours out the alcohol, essentially being like, well, I bet he has a lighter because this is 1984. And she holds like a like a fishbowl glass of yep. alcohol. And, and pours it on him and lights him on fire. And then runs away. Because somehow... So the, she's leaving a burning man. Oh, she also hits him with a stool, so he's unconscious. Oh, fair. So he is dead. But that fire is gonna spread, maybe. Presumably, presumably Pop Tates is burned down. Or at least the speakeasy is burned down. Or that man is dead. And because she, she just leaves. And, we, and here's the thing. We know FP doesn't go there. The only cop in town... Because... He finally arrives at Archie's place. It's great. Unfortunately... Eddie's gone. He's trying to leave. And he gets full-on shot in the leg. Presumably by, um... Dodger. Dodger. But maybe by FP trying to shoot Dodger? Who knows? Who knows? I presume it's by Dodger. I don't think... I don't think we're doing a cop shooting a boy story. Or else they would have, I think... Done more? Set, set it up by now. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that storyline, I guess. I mean, we will hang back for it, but... But first, here's a sweet scene where Charles tells Betty that she should consider joining the junior FBI training program. Real thing. Yeah. Because she should put her detecting skills to work. <laughs> Real thing. <laughs> well, I mean, and also she has effectively been... She's already disarmed a bomb. It's true. <laughs> and he's like, maybe you can also help me detect about these videos because you know the town better than I do. <laughs> Oh, and Betty, uh, don't tell anyone that I effectively had you be an FBI agent for, like, uh, three weeks, because that was definitely illegal. But you'll just look like you're really good in the program. You'll get some kudos. <laughs> now it's the day after Halloween, according to the splash screen we suddenly got. Which means... <laughs> Jughead has just been in the ground for 24 hours. Cool, cool, cool. All through the night, Reggie cleaned the office. It is sparkling. It looks amazing. I guess it's a Saturday because he asks if he can go home. Miss, Mr. Honey has, I guess, just been staying there all night because he is a psychopath. And he forces... And has nothing else to do. He forces Reggie to walk out with him. That's yeah. the one thing that Reggie has to do in order to be allowed to leave. Well, I think he just says, I'll walk out with you. I don't think it's a force thing. And they go to the parking lot. And oh my god, Reggie's car was TP'd. And it was and, windows and, were smashed. And I think the the hood was crumpled. His car is named Bella. <laughs> and the, who would do this? And then Mr. Honey's like, oh, how terrible that something like this would happen. Sometimes just teens marauding around. To have someone damage something so precious to you that your property being damaged. Oh, how terrible, Mr. Mantle. <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> who is this person? That... He, he got in a feud with Cheryl. <laughs> he, he, he did this weird turnabout on Reggie. I don't know why he's behaving <laughs> he's, he's, with he's these seven... children like he's 17. He's 17. Also being like, oh, you trashed my office. I broke your car. Dude, that's <laughs> Office is like the school office. It's you didn't trash your house. It's not your property. It's not your property. You work there. What? Who is the? Who is the? Who hired this man? How, how does this man have a? Who? 
it's such an insane thing for a human being, a human adult to just be like, yeah, <laughs> you TP my house. Can you, you have to visualize this person TPing. He had to drive and get, get toilet paper. And go back. I guess a baseball bat. <laughs> and yeah. shaving cream, because I think there's shaving cream on it. Oh, who knows? It's a lot of steps. <laughs> yeah, then, then just sat there just being like, oh, man, I don't know what happened here. Oh, gee. And Reggie looks at him like, what? Sir, this was what? an extreme overreaction. <laughs> it's like I tripped you while you were walking down the hall, so you shivved me in the kidneys. <laughs> oh, man, it sure sucks when you're just walking along and then someone... Just hurts a precious point of view. Just it's, it's unfortunate when that happens, Mister Mantle. <sighs> All right. Well, let's wrap up some of these storylines first. Uh, Tony and Cheryl and Jason. <laughs> and Cheryl is combing Jason's hair. And once again, Tony does not act like a human being. She comes in just like, well, I guess you have your brother back, and now you're good and happy. Like, she should be more... She should be seeking professional help for this house. She should leave. She, they're not married. They're children. <laughs> I guess they are taking care of two babies. Take the babies and leave. <laughs> Tony, this is what I mean. Like, she's she's not... She's, she's not a human being. A human being does not act in this way. And I understand that maybe it's supposed to be like, oh, dreamy, like, like Riverdale. But that's this is not Riverdale. No. This is not anything. <laughs> This is horrifying. <laughs> and I don't like I know it's embalmed, but like why is that body not decomposing? It could be very well. I, I have seen cadavers though, and the cadavers fall apart. I mean, yeah. He, and also we have to keep them moist. <laughs> well, I mean No I, one is keeping that corpse moist. I I think it's been sealed. It, cause like, it, it's shellacked. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously because it's not a real corpse, it does look like that. And corpses do get, can get waxy when they're, like, but that's more of the fresh ones. The Is he a mummy? Like, did they take out all of his insides and then shellack him? Oh, I think so. I think, and if not, those rats ate the insides. That's true. Yeah. No, he, I, I bet he's full of sawdust. <sighs> delicious, well, delicious sawdust. They, they had to keep him from smelling bad, because when they use them, in, when they use these things in the, um... Uh, in the, the in the farm, they wouldn't want the people to smell them even if they're on drugs. Also, why did they dig up Jason's corpse? Why did they only have one corpse? And why was it Jason's? Why was it that important to get Cheryl into the cult? I I yeah, you know, you mean there's the cult for the rocket, the rocket cult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Aaron, I don't understand either. They 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 tricked us into thinking that they had all these deep ideas for the cult, and they didn't. They just had a cult. Wait. Oh, oh. Why? Well, let's. I don't know. Let's 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 head over to see what Jughead's up to. He's still in the coffin. Yeah, he has a quick nightmare where he imagines the top of the coffin breaking and like dirt coming, dirt coming in. in. But no, that was just him dreaming as someone's getting him out, which is Sam Whitwer. Sam Whitwer, because the coffin was placed in his office for well, I guess twenty four hours. <laughs> well, his office slash classroom? the classroom so is this a sunday um i mean but i how thought did no one I, find I this was, coffin maybe i maybe they said in the beginning of the thing that they have halloween off maybe that could be it could be that they have halloween off it, it also no th- no because reggie says we're, they were going to tp 
his place at night when they were at school, which means it was a but, Friday. But they go to a different school. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's fine. Yeah. We're just clarifying that Halloween was on a Friday. But, like, this is insane. He has been <laughs> locked in a coffin for 24 hours. That is not a prank. I mean, that, that is, is mental torture. Yeah, there's a reason that that, that is there's a reason that that hazing is illegal because some of it gets super super rough. It this 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 is an insane thing that happens to people. And considering a they put the coffin in the teacher's <laughs> space. I don't think this is office. I think they just I think for some reason, but like they, would... they didn't put it like in yeah. Jughead's room. Well, or I anything. imagine. I imagine the reason they put it there was so that Sam Witwer would catch it when he came in on but the next day. But that means a they're banking on him him coming in on a Saturday. Maybe they knew he would. And b, like they're revealing to a teacher that they did this terrible hazing, which should really get them expelled. But but Aaron Brett is the son of a diplomat. And this is a tradition. It means that now Jughead belongs at the school. To, in, in fairness to Sam Whitwer, you see it on him. He clearly hates this. So it sounds like there's, it seems like there's nothing he can do. Probably because, once again, Brett is the son of a diplomat and he can't... And also secret society. Also maybe secret society. Rules the school. Yeah, but he... but like, the, I noticed that these kids who, who seem to hate Brett but now are... On his side. Now, these... These weird Power Rangers, though Brett clearly wants Jughead to leave. Because he does say to him, he's like, oh, do you think our hazing went too far? If you think our hazing went too far, maybe you should just drop out of school. <laughs> and then Sam Whitworth goes, you know what? Papa Smurf is also is a villain, but so are you. You may be more of a villain than Papa Smurf. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Come, come to my meeting on Papa Smurf. Come to my <laughs> salon on Papa Smurf. <laughs> Who's worse, Papa Smurf or Brent? I'm going to haze you back. I love it if he would print, if he print off one that says, who's worse, Papa Smurf or you? And he hands that one to Brent. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's doing a little hazing. I mean, if Mr. Honey can get away with the things he does. <laughs> Mr. Honey's a 17-year-old. Do you remember how um, uh, Evelyn Evernever was a full-grown adult pretending to be a... A teenager? teenager. This is a teenager pretending to be a full-grown adult. He just puts a suit on? <laughs> there is no principal. He just, he just arrived in a suit one day and they're like, oh, you must be the new principal. And he's like, yeah. Maybe he secretly wanted to be on the football team, but he never made the cut. And so now he's destroying everyone who was in his way. What a weird character in this show he has no relation to anything else that's going on he what why does he hate our heroes so (laughs) much where's where's his storyline going he's got to be connected to something all right uh archie talks to eddie in the hospital and he's like eddie i want to help you and eddie's like you can't i only have two choices help him or hide from him and i can't hide from him at your place forever it closes at 10 p.m yeah essentially eddie gives archie some real realities of street life although riverdale has this you know riverdale the perfect town yeah riverdale all of a sudden is new york like (laughs) and there's a lot of street kids that don't have parents yeah, like lots it, of orphans running around. Yeah, like and not, and yes, that does happen in in towns and cities and things like that. But once again, this is different from the Riverdale they set up in season one, where the biggest problem is the serpents were kind of being jerks at the drive-in. Yeah, and now and now it's like Detroit or New York or Chicago, a little more Detroit. It's like it's like Detroit. Yeah, yeah, and Detroit in like the '90s, not now where Detroit's trying to clean up its act. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. It, so he, he, it obviously worries him, so he goes to have sex with Veronica. <laughs> and he's very impressed that Veronica killed a man. I, yeah, that guy's 100% dead or horribly scarred for the... And he, he's a serial killer, so I mean, whatever. whatever. But I, do what's weird, what I thought, it's weird that he, this does not feed into Archie's motivation at all. I thought he might be like, man, there is so much, like, bad stuff going on in this town. We need to keep the bad things out of the town but, instead. But instead he's just like, good for you, Veronica. You are the true hero of everything and everyone should love you unconditionally. So, Veronica, can you help me with my problem? <laughs> How do I keep the or how do I keep the kids safe? And she's like, "Well, you should keep the streets safe. You, Clean up the streets, Archie." You know what you should do, Archie? You should light Dodger on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and Archie looks at his superhero costume and is like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> oh no! But he needs a mask first. <sighs> this is an insurmountable obstacle. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Archie's <laughs> going to become a superhero. That is this storyline. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a different storyline that will also be continuing. Tony storms into Cheryl's room, filled with rage because she just got out of the shower, and on the bed was... Julian. Now, they, I guess, buried Julian in Jason's grave when they took up Jason's corpse. That's what they said. They said they were going to do that, yeah. And then the show's like, I, I'll be honest with you, I was gaslighting you. She uses those words. Uses this is the, not us paraphrasing. She uses the term gaslighting. I will admit, I was torturing you mentally before this so I could get my dead brother back. And the fact that Tony doesn't leave at that very moment is... Is horrifying. Is telling. Because she's just like, well, then wh- what do we do now? And then Nana's like, I told you, it's Ju- it's the triplet, the triplet that Cheryl ate. Cool. Cool. This storyline's continuing. Once again, Sabrina is canonical. <laughs> and now finally, Jughead goes to his room, having finally escaped the coffin he was locked in for 24 hours. <laughs> yep. And called, and well, during he, those 24 hours, it turns out that Moose left. And he, like, vanished. Everything he, is gone. And uh, Jughead makes a couple calls. The clear indication being, like, the Stonewall, the Stonewall 4, him being Stonewall 5, Sure. Uh, and Jughead thinks that he was maybe locked in the coffin, not just to haze him, but also to get him out of the way so he couldn't talk Moose into yeah, staying. So they, yeah, so they could so they could torture Moose and get Moose out of there. Maybe he just left to join the army, but there's who can he call? Moose's dad is, t- is in jail. And, and no I, other... No one else knows Moose. So anyway, Jughead and Betty, they talk. He talks about how he's full of suspicion. They, they catch up on their Halloween. They wrap up a few storylines. They're both sad they could not be there to support each other. Uh, as they as they talk uh, about Charles, we get a very like underwhelming reveal. reveal. <laughs> Charles has planted a bug at Betty's house or on her phone and is listening to I, their conversation. I'm assuming that's why he arrived at the place, at her house with uh, tracking thing mm. is because he was listening in. I have a feeling. I don't know. This, I have a feeling that was going to reveal this. Don't get me wrong. This is very creepy. But I imagine he's doing it because he wants to be part of the family and doesn't know how to. Versus some malicious thing is going on. I think so too because they already did that with Chick. Well, and also he when she says like you know actually uh, maybe you know I am trying to warm to him. He honestly smiles. Yeah, like, and it doesn't feel like a yes. Now I'm in smile. It feels like a. Like, oh, cool. I'm being an absolute creep because I tap my family's phone lines. But I, I just I, want to know things about them. I, I kind of hope. I mean, it could even be that, like, he. Like, or he knows that Betty has a propensity 
for murderers coming after her and he's like i need to protect her i need to know when the murderers are coming yeah i feel like it's gonna be the sort of thing where people where where betty's obviously gonna get angry at him and for in this case pretty rightful reasons it does suck to get bugged i yeah. would imagine <laughs> i would think um but he's doing it for like and he the thing is that he does kind of have to listen if you're bugging someone you're listening to every call it's one of those things where i think will be a really cool gray zone if they go the way that i'm thinking that they or i'm hoping that they're gonna go or he's just a creep because to be fair betty had numerous conversations with the fake black hood in front of him yeah so Probably not him, because yeah. why would he have a teammate? <laughs> why would he get one of his FBI guys? Yeah. To... <laughs> and there's no way that was a um, pre-recorded. Recording. No. Yeah. Because it actually seemed to react to her. Yeah. All but right. anyway, at the end of this, Jughead is, says to Betty, oh, you know, you were there for me when I was trapped in a coffin for 24 hours. The only thing that kept me from going absolutely insane was thinking about you. Which would have been nice if we saw, because we see some of his flashes of like, like hallucinations it would be nice if there was one of betty yeah sitting there being like it's okay jughead yeah other than just once again telling instead of showing but whatever and betty says well jughead if you ever actually went missing i would be the first person to find you smash cut and this and i swear the smash cut is the only reason why it didn't end with charles listening because they're like well we set the thing we always smash cut to spring break and uh betty and fp are in the coroner's office and they a identify body. a body, which is definitely Cole Sprouse. But is it Jughead? Ooh. Ooh. Or is it going to... <laughs> Here's the thing. It's a, weird, it's a weird thing to end with because I don't... I feel like it's not Jughead, but I am so excited to see how this happens. <laughs> there is absolutely no way unless they're ending the show. The only thing I can imagine, Aaron, is that they're going to fake Jughead's death to get him out of Stonewall. <laughs> possible which would be astounding and incredible and that would be why fp and betty are there is because they essentially need to be like oh yeah we gotta do all this stuff to make it <laughs> and i would be so down to doug getting into a secret society then they have to fake his death to get, to get him, him out, out of it, it. <laughs> oh. that's, um, that's my prediction that is my open prediction roberto we know you're listening don't you change are... don't change it just because we said it because we know it's a good idea <laughs> don't steal it. Don't, no, no. You can if you're gonna do it, do it. But don't change it if that's what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic abandoned all pretense of acting like an actual human being? And agreed to trade a doll for a corpse. Something that is essentially much less, much less creepy. <laughs> um, if there were a lot. There are so many. The entire Veronica storyline has nothing to do with anything. I don't think he's going to be returning. I don't think that's going to be something that Veronica is going to be thinking about a lot. I don't think there's going to be repercussions. I, it would almost be better if, once again, if Archie made any sort of motion like, Hey, there's so much stuff going on here. But I think the moment I am choosing is two moments yeah. that are related to one. Go ahead. And it's Mr. Honey <laughs> deciding that he needs to separate the boys <laughs> to psychologically haze them. Y- yeah. In Once again, in a way that could be 
inspirational, <laughs> but it's not. He's bullying teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder if the implications would be like him him telling Reggie oh, all this stuff is supposed to be bullying. I'm like, no, he's saying stuff that is very succinct and that Reggie should realize about himself. But and then he TP'd his car. should not come from that man. It should come from a child therapist who is working with Reggie deal or, with his years or, of abuse. Or even like Mr. Weatherby season two, if he was doing it, I'd be like, yeah, yeah Mr. Weatherby, you, you, seem to, you know him. You seem to care about like kids and things like that. Not this guy who is doing some weird like mental torture. Yeah. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. And mine's also technically um, two moments. And it's very, very, it's a very, very small thing. And I understand it's nitpicking, but it's because there's so many big moments in this. Like, how, it's just, just one that's so small. Mm. They have two splash, like, they have two titles. Halloween, the day before. Halloween, the day after. Why don't they have one for Halloween? You know, I thought I had just missed it. I don't think there is but one. There, the, it would have been when we saw them at the diner. Well, because yeah, because it was. And hey, if you guys want us, and both me and Aaron had somehow misses. It went by super quick, and we didn't see it. Let us know. But like, because because Jughead went essentially on the night before Jughead went missing, or early in the morning, I think. Yeah. Jughead went missing, and then it cut to the diner. But I don't think there's any Halloween the day of. And w- once again, I'm willing to retract this if. If someone could tell me that there was one there and we just missed it. Well, now I'm very confused because it's the day before Halloween where Reggie and Kevin decide to break into Honey's office. Is that? Is that before? No, no. Jughead goes into the the crypt or the, um, the, what do you call it? The coffin. After. Um, oh, no, you're right. Yeah, that scene comes first. Well, then I guess Jughead is buried on Halloween. No, that makes sense. Jughead is buried on Halloween, essentially. So maybe when Jughead is doing his researching is when it should have said. I don't know when it should have said, but the, the, the entire point it is... It should have said, when does Halloween yeah, start? It's so weird that they have Halloween the day before, Halloween the day after, but never say Halloween the day of. And guess what? We don't know <laughs> when days start on this show. So I don't know if that technically is drama. It certainly is dramatic to be like, Halloween the day before. But <laughs> the fact that they didn't have... Halloween is utterly okay. illogical. Unless if they did, because once again, if there's one thing the show does is make me question reality. True. Once again, gaslighting, which we should leave. We're like Tony. We should leave. Tony, gaslighting is bad. <laughs> Cheryl admitted using the term gaslighting. You're you're a millennial. You know that. Or you know what it Gen, means. No, she's Gen Z, isn't she? Yeah, they're they're Zeds. They're Zed. Um, you're Gen Z. You should know what what this means. And you should know it's bad. Like You're also super into like social progress and things like that. What well, happened? not anymore. No, now she's just Cheryl's girlfriend. What happened to her grandfather? She never sees him he anymore. Died. Did he die in the riots? Mm, no, he did not in the riots. I'm sure he's dead now, though, because then we're going to talk about him again. Okay, well, hey, that was uh, episode four of Riverdale. I guess we can say the storylines now. We're going to get those tapes. Mm-hmm. More of them. So someone has been watching everybody. There's a new, like citywide creeper maybe mr honey is connected to that somehow that would be nice either that or mr honey is just some just a mean teacher but even he is connected to that how does any of this how does any of the other stuff he did make sense he's 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 the reverend from footloose Footloose. he doesn't want teens to have fun (laughs) yeah and also there was that scene where the reverend tp'd red's tractor sure 
Red was the name of the... No. Who's the, who's the guy in Footloose? So, Ren. Ren, okay. Who does not have a tractor for he is a city boy. I know. I was thinking of the scene where they had the chicken. Which is a weird scene. Yeah, because he gets, he gets a shoelace got on the... No, I remember the movie Footloose starring Kevin Bacon. And in the new Footloose, it's a school bus race. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, hey, if you like this episode, you should give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you find us. And if you know when Halloween happened, like in the episode, <laughs> please tell us. I swear to God, if you say October 31st. <laughs> <laughs> you can tweet it at us or you can send us a screen cap by tagging us in your Instagram post. It's all podcast MOA, podcast MOA. Yep. And uh, you can also send us some emails uh, if you want to also talk about what's what the hell's going on if in this you show. Want to explain to us, Tony, and we know give, that you need an essay give, for it. Give us your theories. Give us on, your thesis projects on how Tony. Yep. yep is yeah. Uh, then, <laughs> then uh, you can send it to podcastmoa at gmail dot com. And never forget, hashtag Papa Smurf is a villain. That joke will never die until we don't mention it next week. It's a one-episode joke. Well, we'll see you next week when we don't mention it. <laughs> is Julian's ghost haunting Thistle House? Who is watching the houses of Riverdale? Who's next in Mr. Honey's burn book? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>